live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. It's Cofield and Company. Three on two across the line. In the middle, Marcia Show. He hits the crossbar. It's in the goal. Jonathan Marcia Show in overtime. Vegas four, Calgary three. Oh, 4 o'clock hour. It is the 4 o'clock hour. Reno is in. Vegas is here. ESPN Reno, ESPN Las Vegas. Willie? Yes. Alongside, here at the Golden Circle. Let's get to it. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Four at four. Number four. You sent over a question about trading cards. Is today National Trading Card Day? Yeah. Wow. I did. I, I was looking for some food stuff. I knew we'd be talking a little grilling. I knew there might be some other subjects. You always like when I send over the random food stuff. Today is National Trading Card Day. I miss the days of walking out of the Palms Apartments across State Street into the Commercial Center, down the alleyway past the old Playland skating rink, and into the little convenience store. It was an Asian-owned convenience store. It was it was the very first, you know, because commercial centers, it's all, it's like a little mini, all you know, there's Asian restaurants of all kinds, Thai restaurants, Chinese restaurants. There was a patched Chinese, and there was this little Asian convenience store. And in there, they sold Topps baseball cards with, of course, the hard cardboard gum, the best gum there is, 10 cents, a dime. I still have some of those cards. Do you how have man, co- how many? I have boxes, but like not when I say I don't mean like boxes. Like now, now I did used to keep the box that they come in. You, you used to sometimes you, you, if you get if you got a bonus for straight A's or something, I would go buy the whole box. But I have like moving boxes filled with inside there binders and boxes, shoe boxes full of baseball cards, football cards, basketball cards. I have unopened packs of cards. From the early 90s, I have some decent collectible. I have a really nice two-piece uh, Larry Johnson set, autographed. I have uh, Shaq's rookie card. That was a big thing to try to get. I remember there was a big deal because it was, you know, that was like he was like the next big rookie after Michael Jordan. So everyone thought, get the Shaq rookie, get the Shaq rookie. So we, it was all about getting the Fleer Ultra. But I have a bunch of So it sounds like you can retire pretty soon. Probably not. Probably Any not. valuation on your collection? Never. Haven't gone down to see Rick at, at Pawn Stars or nothing. I have uh, nothing worth uh, a hill of beans in terms of memorabilia. My trading cards, if I had some boxes, uh, mom threw them out. And beyond that, I've got like some 1980s posters that I don't take care of that are hanging in my garage. Nice. And I might have a few old uh, 80s like NBA registers. What books. was your favorite? What was your favorite back in the day, early 80s? Because back then, that was when we put sports posters up, and, and they started making – like, that was a big deal back then. And I remember if you were in junior high, you went to wood shop you'd, you, with the router, and you'd make the, you'd make the name plates with the with, – and then you put the glitter of the, of the team. What was your favorite poster back then? I know what mine was. I, I think I still have a bunch of them, so. I didn't ask you that. I yeah. asked you what your favorite one was. There's only one that stands out from the 80s what for is me. It? It's George Gervin, the Iceman. He's sitting on the blocks of ice. Nice. In the in the in the in the silver shimmery 
sweatsuit, legs crossed, and he's got the two balls that are silver. They look like, you know, I, whatever, but they're big blocks of ice. I think I have Daryl Dawkins and Dominic Wilkins. Ooh, chocolate thunder. Yeah. He's holding the rim. It's broken, right? The backboard's broken. I remember that one. Good memory. Yeah, sure. That was a big deal back then to have posters. The posters and, were a big yeah. deal. And the other thing that was a big deal was after you got your Sports Illustrated, when you got the next week's, you went in and you cut out the pictures and you put it around. And I had different walls. So if I had the George Gervin poster, I had Billy Sims, I had Tony Dorsett, whatever, you'd put football around those, basketball around those, build it up. I think the most recent cards I have that I'm going to hold on to, I have a Bryce Harper and I've got a Deshaun Watson. So if Watson bounces back and makes the Hall of Fame, I think that'll be worth something. Yeah. Low value right now. Real low. Yeah, I can massage that into. Oh, boy. Is it cheapy? Number three. We have a story of uh, assault, harassment with Busta Rhymes as the victim. Yeah. What happened here? Well, he was walking through. Um, he, was just, he was walking and some woman reached out and grabbed his buttocks. She wanted to get his attention. She wanted, I believe she wanted a picture with him. But uh, seems a bit forward. It is. And he turned around and he threw a drink on her. He threw a drink on her? Sure. I mean, the tables are turned. That does happen sometimes with males grabbing female buttocks. Except, except the males get slapped and it's okay. And then they're, the males are scorned for touching a woman. But I think that if Buster Rams were to turn around and backhanded her for, for, for sexually assaulting her, he probably would have been went down. He would have had to, you know, had to do some sort of training for... You know, battering women or something like that because he was he was sexually accosted and touched mm. her buttock. See, so this woman touched his buttocks. You can you can always count on Willie being on the guys team, which I respect. So I was wondering what you're thinking of this one. Did you see the uh, photo in an airplane that went kind of viral right after the Super Bowl? Um, actually, no. It it it, uh, it came out this week where it appeared that on a flight with a bunch of screens in the back of the seats that everyone was watching the Super Bowl except one guy who was watching Hitch, and he just got eviscerated by. Not just women, but men. Men turn on men. You can't like that if you're a pro guy team. Why are we turning on each other? It, it, the man wants to watch a movie. He doesn't like football. Maybe he didn't like the matchup. Maybe he was. Maybe he was. Maybe he wasn't watching Hitch. Maybe he was watching Eva Mendez. I know that's why I watched that movie. Could be. I mean, it certainly is not to watch Will Smith and his lessons. I don't need his lessons. Definitely don't need Kevin James. But I definitely would watch that to watch Eva Mendez. So. Yes, I did see that picture, and, and, and to put that guy on blast was just brutal. I mean. Guys, stick together. Stick together. The do fight you, is always on. Stick together. Do you ever play uh, Do you ever play Who's the Hijacker? No. I do. When, when Never even heard of that before. When what what when, is it? Well, when they're walking in, I get the cell phone, and I just and I just kind of do a video as they're walking down the aisle because I'm already I've already sat down in the front in first class. Oh, okay. You're, in you're, first you're, class or or the A boarding. You profile on the plane. I just say, and then I post it on my Instagram before the plane takes off and say, "Okay, let's play. Who's taking the plane?" Down. There actually was a story I think this week where uh, some belligerent passenger was trying to get into the cockpit. Right? I, I, here's, it was American Airlines, and last night, when I, I it, that came out Wednesday, I saw it last night, and I immediately sent the, the, the link to an Instagram DM to a young lady who went to school with my son at Arborview. She is an American Airlines okay. attendant. Right. And I said, hey, I just saw this. I just want to make sure you're okay. She goes, it wasn't my flight, but I appreciate you reaching out, Pops. 
You think you would just sit there? Yeah. If someone was about to get into the... Uh, you would? You would just sit there? Well, because I think it was understood why she was upset. She wasn't trying to hijack the plane. Oh, okay. she, right. she was upset. I think she wanted her co- a coffee or something, right? Well, the, the pilot or the co-pilot can get her the coffee? I don't know. She wanted. She was registering a complaint over I, coffee. I don't know. Like, like can, can we let him fly the plane? Uh, something I don't know. Please. She wanted her bread for the sandwich. We all want to get there safely. <laughs> what are you doing? Number two. Big win for the Knights last night. Oof. It's been a good run of late. Uh, two games back with the Blackhawks, a bit disappointing, but really good bounce back last night against Calgary. Man. uh... A Pacific Division rival, a team that I think is going to be there in the end, along with Vegas, to challenge for the Pacific Division title. I think the, the you know, I think there's is going to be a nice little run there. I think at some point Seattle's going to hit its snag, but the Kings will be there, the Flames will be there, the Golden Knights. That was a big win just because of how badly they played in the first period. Like they played with some tenacity, but the Flames sort of outplayed them. And I had it on my second TV because I was. Covering, I was actually covering Athletes Unlimited for the league on the big screen, and I had the, the game on, but I'm watching the Flames sort of dominate that first period. They sort of came out and just took the game by, you know, by they were up 2 nothing, And so I think what was impressive was that they sort of never lost their, their way. Um, they had the wherewithal to stay within the game and then and make the comeback the way that they did. Um, that's what was impressive, and they stayed aggressive. They stuck to their game plan. Um, you know, you know, with, with, with all the issues that they've had. Well, I was going to say, in a weird way, once it's settled that you're not going to have certain players, like right. when they're back and forth, maybe there's a different mentality. Once it's settled that, hey, Mark Stone ain't coming back anytime soon. Right. Uh, Thompson may be out a while. This is what it is, so get it together. I think it's all good that this is happening the way it's happening right now with with that because I think Thompson will come back. I think they can bring him back off the IR. I think that Mark Stone is – I feel bad in saying this, but I just think that – I think that they got to – he's going to eventually have to shut himself down. This is a second back surgery, and you don't want to mess around. I mean, let's just think long term, right? You're – if, if they're winning the way that they're winning, you have the talent that you have. If, if he's got to choose his health and his future and his family and his wife and his, you know, his, you got to choose you. So whatever it takes. What, they're getting it done. Number one. Keep going. They're getting it done. Um, and they're playing with confidence. I mean, I sat with William Carrier today for about six minutes, did a, did a one-on-one. I talked to some other people about it. I'm going to do a nice feature for the Sporting Tribune. I mean, this is a guy who... Is coming into his own. It beca- the diversity of being able to play up and down the lineup. So, you know, there's different scorers. There are different people that are stepping their game up. And for now, they're on a nice little run, and they're and they're playing with the with with the nice chemistry. They're not playing perfect hockey, and hopefully their their goaltending situation will pan out. But I think the way that it's working right now, I think the way that they're playing and winning, it's good considering their depth and how they look on paper. Number one. So after the visit to the Jets for Derek Carr, it was mostly a quiet week. There was a little bit of discussion at the beginning of the week, but I did see a tweet today that I found fascinating from uh, Big Roos, mm. Dinah Rossini, who's you not love big. That new nickname. Oh yeah. Well, she's she's like this big. She's tiny, but she's got a nickname? she's got a she's got a big presence. I call yeah. everyone big. And the di- you don't call me Big Will. Yeah. Big Willie's son. Not accurate. Big presence. Okay. All right, Big Steve. Not that accurate either. Yeah, it is big. Oh, is that big? Well, big belly. <laughs> <laughs> but she tweeted out 
a video uh, from the past of Derek Carr, uh, you know, in front of the media talking about the Derek, check that, the Henry Ruggs situation. All right, BT, let's tour. And she said, it's been fun comparing the available quarterbacks based on their abilities and unique talents, but we all know there is more than uh, more than that to being a quarterback. For me, this press conference below from 2021 puts Derek Carr in a category of his own. Okay. But I do think there is more to the Derek Carr story away from the field and his behavior and how he handled different things that the folks in New York certainly have not made calls about. And I'm, I'm not And I'm not bagging on Derek Carr for what – he had to do with Gruden and with those rug situations. He was great, but there is a bigger picture. If you're if you're going to throw that out there and you're like, best character guy, best teammate, well, not of there's the a big, there's a bigger picture, right? He's he's not he's not been the best character guy since the Raiders got here. Not I mean, if you ask the media members and you poll the media members, I, I wouldn't guess. Wouldn't that he, wouldn't the easy one for Diana? To reach out to be fellow ESPNer Paul Gutierrez? Absolutely. And I don't think Paul would go out of his way to annihilate Carr, but he would give the full story. And again, I, Derek Carr can land wherever he wants, but I think when you, you, you keep framing things as character, 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 there's a fuller story to Derek Carr. So don't be, you know, don't be shocked if in a couple of years you're like, wow, I, I didn't see this coming. Because it, w- it will come out, right? It, well, it's it's not potentially. It's, it's not like it's in dealing with adversity. Sometimes Derek Carr has some, some some issues. It's not that it's going to come out like there's going to be something that's going to be revealed. It's not He's going to reveal himself. He will. He's going to reveal himself, and where people and here's the thing. No knock against any of our colleagues here in Las Vegas, but when when a when a pro team got here. We all fell victim to it at some point. The first year of the Golden Knights, right? Some of us stayed professional. We didn't become fans. I get it, but. We had a professional approach, but we also kind of got giddy and happy and covering them and so on and so forth when the Raiders got here. But there are certain times that you stick to your guns and asking certain questions and figuring people out. You have a street smart. You're from the East Coast. You have street smarts. You know how to read into people. It's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Willie, I know you wanted to hit on some baseball, so let's do it. We have, uh, for folks in Reno who don't know and aren't aware, uh, two Nevada natives are very big figures on the Phillies. Las Vegas Phillies. Yep. Nicknamed the Las Vegas Phillies at times. Bryson Stott, young man and veteran. And star Bryce Harper. Phillies are a fun group. A marauding bunch. Well, they were doing some videos the other day. What was the theme of the videos? I believe it was yesterday. They The question of the day with their social media person was, what is your go-to karaoke song? And I saw this because one of the greatest beloved educators in the city, Shanna Stott, Bryson's mom, who is his number one fan. She shared the Phillies Instagram reel. And above the reel, she typed her own caption that said, what? No Bieber? No Taylor Swift? What the? With a bunch of laughing emojis. Why? Because out of all the players, well... Bryson couldn't think of one song. Here's a mashup of uh, all the answers. 
What's your go-to karaoke song? Party in the USA, Miley Cyrus. My go-to karaoke is I Miss You by Blink-182. Well, Save a Horse Shredded Cowboy won, but then, uh, what was the Rush Hour song? I forget the name of it, the one where Carter sings and then Jackie Chan, or, uh, comes down the rope. I heard it this offseason, I'm like, that's gonna be my new one, but I forgot the name. <laughs> Any DMX song by Brandon Marsh. Super, son, oh shoot, I don't know, what is it? I don't think I gotta go to, I'm like a human iPod, so whatever you put on, I'm a rocket, so give me something. Uh, party for two is a, is a good one. It's either we'll go chicken fry, or we'll go friends in low places. Have I even sung karaoke before? <laughs> Uh, what These Ladies Want by DMX. Rest in peace, his great soul. <laughs> I don't know. Ain't no mountain high. There's a Nicki Minaj song. Do you know if it is it super bass or super bass? Super bass. Um, Joy of My Life by Griffin. Alright. Decent. Decent selection of songs. But Bryson Stott. They split it up into like four or five different clips. Yeah, every, never, every, never came up with one. No, every three, four. It's hard, man. Every three, four players. You need the songbook right they there. They brought Bryson back in. Man, kept slapping his hand. He's just it. And he's the prankster. You know, he became known during the entire season when someone would hit hit a walk off or the game winning hit or whatever, and they were doing the on field interview, like you, right? When you do the post game, your whistle, they, he'd run up. With the couple with the cup of water, fill up two Gatorade cups and pour it over their heads. This time, jokes on him. He couldn't come up with. And I told. Here's the thing. <laughs> I saw it this morning at whatever time it was. You know, I'm up early, right? So he's in Florida. So I hit it. Hit. The, I tapped it out of Shanna's story. Went to the Phillies. Then I shared it to his. I said, "Dude, this is going on the. Sh- this is going on my radio show today. Sorry, Ben. You're getting put on blast, my guy." He immediately replied with laughing emojis. So, Did you recognize by title all those songs? No. Miley Cyrus, the, the USA one. I would have, if I heard these, I probably would know, but I don't. It, it, the thing is that I don't. I, I, I'm a big fan of Shazam. You know what Shazam is? Yeah, it's great. Shazam's an app on the phone. If you hear a song, you hit it, you hit the button, it Shazam's I, it. I know what Shazam is, yes. Would, I use SoundCloud. What would you shake your head no for? You explained it. Yeah. A cold beer on a Friday night. A pair of jeans that fit just right. So you know that and one. Radio. Yeah, I know. Oh, 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 oh. Someone's going to break here. I don't know who that is. Zach Brown. Was I not supposed to say it? Someone's got to. Someone's got to guess it eventually. I don't know. I, I, I'm, You're not I, a country I, music guy. No. And like I said, I'll know the songs, but I'm not going to know the artists in the title these days. It's a bad look for an old DJ, but that's just the way it is. Play some old school stuff. I got you. You had your prime. Yeah. All right. So that was Schwarby, I think, who sings that. Okay. Next. Schwarber, right? Hello there. The angel from my nightmare. The shadow in the background of the morning. I assume Blink 182. Yeah. No. 
I got no, I couldn't tell you who this is. I got no clue. Was it one of the songs that was mentioned? It would never be on my playlist. Pretty melancholy. Ah, Steve got it. Yeah. Ari's very disappointed. I think he wanted to stump us where we just sit here and have no idea. Mm, I mean, I, I am a karaoke fan, so. You are? Yeah. Oh, we're going to cover this in a minute. Let's keep going. Next. Phillies, karaoke selections. Stott couldn't come up with one song. I think he just freaked out. There's pressure, I'm telling you. I, yeah, like it I, happens. Like maybe he didn't. Like, well, considering that his mom shared the story and then push shared the reel and put no Bieber, no Taylor Swift. Maybe he didn't want to come out and say. Really, you think he'd be embarrassed? Yeah, maybe he didn't want to get slammed for because that's the songs that he karaoke's. There's nothing to be embarrassed about. You I, like what you like. You you do what you can do. I wouldn't. Be, I don't know if I'd be embarrassed about wanting to karaoke Justin Bieber. I don't karaoke, but. I'm just saying, if that's his thing, Bieber's kind of cool, well, right? Stott, do it. it. Stotty. Hey, Billy. Yeah? I'm having a party. Want to come? Mm. Nah, I don't think so, baby. Come on. It's going to be lots of fun. Not a country thing, right? This ain't just any kind of party. No, I think I'll stay at home. Uh, oh no, it's gonna be really, really hot. Starting to sound good. I'm gonna put you a on party. the party. Or? I don't know who this is. A lot of country. There you go. I thought Steve. That's party for two. Shania Twain and some guy named Billy Currington. <laughs> some guy. <laughs> well, you know I know Shania. For some guy who's getting giddy for stumping us and thinking that he's all cool because of karaoke, he didn't get on stage during the Lotus Christmas party or holiday party. No, not this one. Would uh, you ever? I, I'm not. Have a, you? It's tough for me. It's What's, your go -to? What's your go-to? What's your go-to? I don't have a go-to. I'm not. You don't have a go-to? No, I'm not a big karaoke guy. I will no. say at the Christmas party years ago, we had a guy up there, and he was just. Not as good as Demo Dave. That day is fantastic. No, no he was struggling. He, Marcus no, was struggling with, with some he Kanye. Was just, he, he was, was just what? He was just struggling, so I went up and helped him. Okay, this was well, like good. five years ago, though. Isn't that the point of a lot of... Sure. That's the point of going up. I am not a big karaoke guy, though. I figured. Demo yeah. rocked it. Demo's good. behind the scenes. You're more behind this. I'm a backup mm -hmm. singer. There you go. In the crowd, in my seat. Damon was I, in it. Atari. He was. If you don't get... If neither of you get this, then the show's over. Marvin Gaye, Tammy Terrell. Of course, this could be the could, be a, could be a lot of people. Well, it could be the cover by the Titans. Remember the Titans and remember the Titans. They sung it in the locker room. Nice. Ain't no mountain higher. See? So it's not as easy to name the songs or to just come up with one like Brights and Stott. How about that? Okay, so what's your go-to, Steve? I have a lot. Doesn't mean I'm good you, at any of them. Wait, wait a minute. Did you just happen to, by the way... Uh, I actually didn't. You know what? I was word, in... Word, I was in, word out of Boise is... Yeah. I actually didn't... I didn't go up there. It, oh. was a, it was a home crowd, and it looked like there were a lot of uh, regulars 
So You didn't want to interrupt just, in the middle of the scrum. Yeah, and plus some of the stuff, you got to match it to the crowd sometimes. You don't want to just blow it up, although it is fun blowing it up. Here's the one. Here would be probably the one that I would, I would, I would need two other people to do it. And I would highly consider going up and doing Rapper's Delight. Sugar Hill Gang. Really? Yeah. Interesting. The only time I remember voluntarily showing up for karaoke, like it was like, hey, we're going to do karaoke, was a club. It was at a, like a pizza place or something. It was like a Italian pizza place, but it wasn't like a, you know, it was like an eatery, if you will. But they did like on a Friday night, they did karaoke, and it was my Little League team. And they were like, come on, coach, come on. So I did uh, take me out to the ball game. Is that right? <laughs> well, maybe they did karaoke per, uh, on purpose at uh, the Lotus Party, knowing we weren't there. We would have brought down the house. Would you? Um, Adam Hill certainly would have. He's got a couple of classics that he likes to sing. I would have gotten up there. Really? Yeah. Adam does, huh? Karaoke? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. If, if, I'm, if I'm breaking up a place, I like to do Candyman by uh, Sammy Davis, because no one will ever do that. Oh, I thought, okay. Yeah. I like uh, Pure Imagination from Willy Wonka. I try to go a little offbeat. I know if Ari and I are together, for him, I do Neil Diamond. I thought when you said you you would have done Although I I completely ruined a Nashville bar by getting, I was like, I'm kind of vibing it. Let me get up and do some Neil Diamond. Everyone looked up. They're like, we're 20. We're drunk. We're having fun. Get off the stage, old man. When you said Candyman. There's just that skidding sound like. When you said Candyman, I thought maybe you were thinking like you would do the rapper Candyman knocking boots from 1990. Um, I might do the song Candy. That's a good one. Cameo. Yes. It's very, it's, very, it's actually a really, because no one does it. Believe me, I'm into this. I was a little yeah. disappointed that Stott didn't get or didn't have a song, but it happens, man. Nevada Sports Talk Hour and other stuff. Brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. You can call from anywhere in the state of Nevada, 766-1400. Offices in Reno, Henderson, and Vegas. It's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. You know, social media is funny when you have sports discussions because everyone now has a voice, Willie. And they don't realize how naive they are on certain stories. And over the years, I've learned... You need to go to local people who cover teams on the day-to-day basis mm-hmm. to get the full stories, the full picture of things. And we were, we started out the hour talking about, and it's nothing against her, but Diana Rossini and lots of people in the New Jersey and New York area are talking about Derek Carr being you know, a high-character guy. And I think he's a pretty good character guy, but there's another side to Derek Carr, which you know, at times he can't handle criticism well. He brings it up and then doesn't want to follow up on it. And there were some things you know, that he... There were times he fed his agent something, and you know his agent would go to local media member, and stuff got out. And it's just if you want the full picture, talk to some of the local media members. And there's a Raiders fan who was, you know, discussing this and saying, "Hey," and it's a story we we started mentioning about three four weeks ago that Derek Carr going to New Jersey, New York, and dealing with that media group will be really interesting, right? I don't know if uh, they're going to be super accepting of Derek Carr at times. And some of the stuff that gets fed to different media members. And I think the guy's a Jets fan. I think it's a guy. Who knows? It's Ed Geo NYJ. And he's just he's going on and on about that press conference that you were at where Paul Gutierrez, after Derek Carr said, I don't care about expectations. I don't care about criticism or positivity. He gave this long answer. 
And Paul Gutierrez was like, well, then why do you talk about it so much? And then Derek Carr basically said, zip it. And it almost ended up with Paul potentially going, you know, stand, standing face-to-face with Carr. I don't know what was going to happen. You butted in, so nothing, nothing happened. And that's what's being discussed. And this Jets fan's like, hey, I saw what I saw with Derek Carr and how he handled the rug situation, which was really admirable, right? But you don't have the full picture of everything with Derek Carr in front of the cameras and behind the scenes. So then the guy turns it into, well, I played the game. I understand. Like, that's, I'm not – no one's questioning whether you played the game, you know, in junior high school in some JUCO. No one cares. We're just telling you there's a bigger picture to Derek Carr and the way he is around his teammates, and many of them love him. But there was also the incident after the Colts game where he came out crying, very emotional after a loss. We all believe, many of us, that something happened in the locker room post game that had him very upset. Maybe there was some sort of clash, and he reacted by going out there and talking about the sacrifices he makes. And then the next day, we we saw Darren Waller's name thrown out in the media that Waller wasn't, you know, busting his hump to come back. Like that's part of the story too, right? And if you just want to close your your eyes and ears and not listen to the stories, then I don't know what to tell you. Then you know what? If you're a Jets fan, go ahead. Root like hell to get Derek Carr, and I hope he's the complete picture for you. I hope he's awesome. I'm a Jets fan. You know, I hope he's great. I hope he is a Hall of Fame quarterback in New York. He's definitely somebody who doesn't like the heat. Um, He's definitely somebody who uses his role in who he is to take advantage of a situation like the Paul Gutierrez situation in which there was it was about basically it was about social media mm-hmm. and Paul said then why do you keep answering it and and I don't like your tone um, dial it back a notch but yes there are plenty of examples of Derek Carr in press conferences and so on so there was the one time two seasons ago where I asked a question about the play calling and I just was I was just asking him a simple question he said to answer your real question I love Oli remember <laughs> And because you, I think you, you, we played it the next day in our Monday night show. Um, that wasn't my real question. So he is a very sensitive person. And what I was saying a little bit ago in terms of reading into people with street smart, street sense, reading into people, we get giddy, we get caught up into covering pro sports, but there are people that can read into personalities. We're not caught up in getting on the to be on the right side of people, so they you know, will become sources or whatever. But New York media, they will be able to figure out Derek Carr very quickly. They will be able to read into that personality. They will be able to know when he's being real, when he's being fake. He's a 100% devout Christian, but, hey, sometimes he wears it on his sleeve for a purpose. It's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Busy times on the TVs here at Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. we got Mountain West Conference basketball coming up after the show. Wyoming, Colorado State at 6, 6.30 over at the Thomas and Mack Air Force and UNLV. You can watch it on CBS Sports Network. And then uh, Nevada will be at Fresno on FS1. That's an 8 o'clock start. Checking out some Big East basketball Xavier and Seton Hall. Xavier up 15 right now. So come on down. 55-plus TVs here inside Treasure Island. Let me throw a headline your way, Willie, because uh, we got into this a little bit this week, but um, we've been slow to jump on board the A's to Vegas topic because uh, as a show, we mostly believe that we're being used as a pawn here. But 
This one's interesting. Headline. Will Athletics team of lobbyists score in Carson City? I don't know a lot about lobbyists. So I'd like to get an expert on. How about we do it? Well, we're going to bring on one of the best in Las Vegas. Uh, someone who, back in the day, young Republicans. Um, he has served. He has consulted. He's lobbied. And he's a very, very vocal activist when he comes to public funding with the sports arenas, sports teams. Welcome to the show, Nathan Taylor. Nathan, how are you, sir? I'm good. How are you, Willie? We are doing good. Uh, we're glad to have you aboard, obviously. we A uh, lot of topic coming up with, well, pro sports expanding in your town, my town. You, you went to school here. I grew up here, went to school here. Um, I know that you weren't a fan of the Allegiant Stadium project, but right now the big topic is the Oakland A's relocating to Las Vegas. And the, the common theme, the common topic that continues to be a public-funded stadium. Can and will we see more public funds going into this? Now the question is, will lobbyists go to Carson City and be able to sway the decision to publicly fund more sports in Las Vegas, particularly Major League Baseball. Your thoughts? So, so my thoughts is, I mean, you know, history repeats itself, right? I mean, I think that's what we see that in sports. You know, and you know, I'm a big sports fan. I, I got to get that out there. You know, I'm a huge sports fan. Um, just love sports uh, all around. Um, but sports and politics, and you and I have known each other for over two decades. Um, sports and politics, they intertwine. And you would have never thought that the average sports fan may not think that. Sports and politics intertwine, but I can tell you, if history repeats itself, if if you look at what happened in the uh, legislature in 2017, I believe there was over two hundred thousand dollars worth of campaign contributions given to the legislature um, prior to a special session, which allowed for seven hundred fifty million, I believe, of public funding to build the Legion Stadium. So, if you're talking about bringing another major league sports franchise to Las Vegas, and you're asking me, as someone who's been in, in politics in Nevada, you know, born and raised, but been involved in politics since 1995, and you ask me if the politicians can be weighted to put public money into bringing another sports franchise here, I mean, the answer would have to be yes. Um, but it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be yes. It should be. We need to find a way to do a deal like what the way they built T-Mobile. You had, you know, you had the Golden Knights coming in, which is going to be a franchise, you had MGM, you had AEG, they put in private money, and the taxpayers weren't on the hook. And as you know, we went through what we went through in 2020, but the problem is, is that taxpayers had to go in to the, basically, into their, their, their funds to pay the first loan payment for Allegiant Stadium because there were no fans and no ticket sales. So if history repeats itself, the answer would be yes. You know, we'll just see a bunch of money flying around to politicians, and we'll have public money again spent on another franchise. And you know, their argument is going to be, well, it's it's hotel tax that, that went into that. But the, the the underlying thing, we all know that even though that money is coming from hotel tax, room tax, whatever, it's still affecting the locals, isn't it? Correct. Yeah, you know, I, I've been talking to, some, to a lot of my friends lately, and, and again, you know, you've known me for two decades. I mean, I, I do at least two staycations here every year, my wife and I, and a lot of my friends do. And so for anyone to ever make the statement, politician or government official or not, that locals don't pay 
for any of these taxes related to funding um, Allegiant Stadium or, or any other uh, future project related to bringing a sports team here, that's just false. I mean, when my wife and I stay a couple nights at a hotel, we're paying the tax, okay? When my family comes to town, um, they pay the tax. So to, to say you're, you're just playing kind of like semantics with words to say that locals don't pay ever pay taxes towards the sports teams and the funding with the room tax. But the problem is with the room taxes is that you look at the funding for the LVCVA, which comes from room taxes, and they have a budget of $400 million a year. Um, you've got all of the events that come to town, all the revenue that's generated, which a lot of that's not reported. Um, much of it is, but not, uh, not a lot is, is it affects locals. It affects people like me who were born and raised here, who paid property taxes, who own a home, and I'm saying if you want to issue bonds and you want to do these things where you want to use taxpayer money to fund sports teams and there's revenue generated and the revenues, the, the, the bills are paid off at some point, right? So, you know, you put a $1.9 billion stadium in Legion on the strip. Once that's paid off, when the revenue is coming in, I think that the taxpayer should get some kind of, you know, reprieve. Maybe you lower our state sales tax. Maybe you lower our property tax. The, the, the local residents of Las Vegas and Nevada should reap the rewards of all of this revenue. Yeah, the funny thing is, and we're talking to Nathan Taylor, lobbyist here in Cofield and Company. Hey, Steve, how uh, are you? I'm good, man. Uh, because of the shortfall or you know other short uh, shortfalls in other areas, we actually did have our sales t- uh, tax raised, right? So we had it raised a little bit because I know they wanted right. to do some funding for uh, more metro presence up on the strip, more safety measures. Can you can you go back and mention how much money was thrown by lobbyists at the effort to get? The uh, the SB one passed uh, over two hundred thousand dollars. Okay, and then that two hundred thousand dollars, where does the money actually go? So, you, so the two hundred thousand dollars I'm talking about are campaign contributions to legislators to vote in favor of making a legion happen. Okay. It would have never happened in a special session if that money was not tossed around. Right, and we actually we did have one politician come on after SB one got passed, and she was struggling answering questions and basically threw her hands up. Uh, during the interview and was like, listen, it was, uh, you know, I didn't have time to read the whole thing. I'm like, whoa, okay. Well, that's... Wait, that's these, these, facts are, these facts are easy and they're, they're undisputable. I mean, yeah. so anybody who has a hard time answering questions, I mean, you can talk about all the money that went into political action committees. I mean, um, our former governor um, prior to CISLAC received hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, all of this was done over a short period of time. So... You know, you look at the people involved in the LBCBA, you look at the people involved in our state legislature, and you, you see, it, it, and the thing is, none of this is secret. It's all public information. Anybody can look it up. You can see how much money was tossed around, and you can also see the people that benefited uh, financially by Allegiant coming to town. And look, hey, I've been to Allegiant Stadium. It's beautiful. I know Willie's been there. You've been there, Steve. It's a beautiful facility. It's, it's, it's amazing. I mean, it's, it's really um, something that uh, being born and raised here that I never thought I'd see in my community, I think it's wonderful. What I think is not wonderful is when you start involving politicians, politics, public money, you start getting into a situation where the public is on the hook for for sports. And I just don't, as much as I'm a sports fan, I just don't think it's okay to involve the public and taxpayer money in sports, period. I just yeah, don't think it's right. And the, the football stadium and the stadium in general does serve a purpose. I think it's it's been booked beyond whatever it was, the 46 or 52 events. So I think there's some positives. We probably could have got Absolutely. a better deal. Now, the question is moving forward. Is public money going to go towards an NBA arena slash an MLS stadium down on the south end of the Strip? 
the A's deal? Is it at Tropicana? Is it Las Vegas Festival Grounds? Is it at the Rio? Rio? Is is yep. is public money? Is is that for a good cause? Do we need that here? Is it money well spent? No, it's not money well spent. And, and it's again, I go back to the T-Mobile Arena, uh, the T-Mobile Arena scenario. Is that it's already been proven that we can do a, a sports arena, we can do anything without public money. Um, one of the things the legislature and the, and the governor has the power to do, and I know, you know Governor Lombardo, I, I love this statement. You know, he talked about how he didn't want to, you know, look at public monies, and he really didn't go into detail about that. You know, related to funding of another sports team coming here. But the fact is, is, is this: the one thing that the state legislature is able to do, which I'm okay with, is is give a, a sports team some incentives, right? We can give them tax incentives where maybe they don't pay taxes for two years, four years, right? Maybe we do things with the legislature where we say, okay, you don't have to pay your property taxes. There's, there's things that the legislature can do, and the smartest thing for the governor to do, because, you know, there's 63 legislators between the state senate and the state assembly, is to allow the legislator, because, you know, those are they're elected by the people, just like the governor, let them hear this in a public hearing if it comes to that, whether it be NBA whether it be, um, you know, Major League Baseball, is let them have hearings, let the public give testimony, and let's figure out how we can do this to where it doesn't hit taxpayers. It, it's doable. It's absolutely doable. So I'd be okay with that. But at, at the end of the day, I just don't want, you know, the citizens of Las Vegas and taxpayers and homeowners to be on the hook for bringing a team here. I mean, you just heard LeBron the other day, right, talking about how he wants to be an NBA franchise owner, and he said Las Vegas was his number one place. Remember when he said that? So I'm thinking LeBron could has the money to bring an NBA franchise on, all on his own. So, I mean, I'm sure he could get loans from banks to do it, but taxpayers, they don't need to be on the hook to bring any more sports teams here. I think we learned a lesson with bringing the Raiders here. I mean, I'm glad Allegiance here, but I think we've learned a lesson, and the fact is we don't need taxpayer money to bring any more sports teams to Las Vegas. Once again, speaking with Nathan Taylor, Taylor Consulting Group, uh, local business consultant and lobbyist. Um, so, Nathan, one more question we, before we let you go. We're up against it. But you, you brought up Sisolak. You brought up Lombardo. What are the differences between the two outside of their parties? Um, is there any since now Lombardo has left the door open? I mean, he talked about not using public funds, but then he just left the door open recently. Um, a political move, political strategy, your take. Well, I mean, look, you're, you're kind of talk, talking apples and oranges in a sense, because Sisolak was a county commissioner when this all went down. Um, he wasn't governor at the time, so he was involved on a different level. Um, now that Governor Lombardo is, is our governor, um, he's kind of, you know, he's back up against the wall. He, he's got to make a political decision, right? Does he want to um, back, go backwards and say, okay, yeah, we're going to find a way to use public monies because you know the lobbyists from the A's are up there in Carson City right now. They're up there right now. It's, it's public. Everybody knows they're up there. So he's going to have to make a political decision, um, and I think that hopefully his advisors will tell him that this is not the right move to do anything re- regarding public monies. Um, you know, Sisolak, as a county commissioner, he had a lot of control over where the stadium was located because that was a county commission decision, not a state of Nevada decision. So Lombardo is in a completely different scenario concerning that whatever the legislature decides to do, if there is a bill that's presented to bring another major league team here, he's got to sign it or he's either got to veto it. So for him, it's a big political decision, and it's going to be the biggest political decision he makes out of his governorship. 
Nathan, we appreciate your time and enlightening us on, well, politics and sports. Because whether you like it or not, they are married. Um, the one thing that we can all agree upon that is probably not the best idea for our community to involve public funds. Nathan, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Co Steve. Thanks, Company, Willie. ESPN. Have a good night, guys. All right. Thank you. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because we have all these projects on the table. Um, I think in a lot of cases we're being used as negotiating pawns. But reality is I think the business community, uh, the casinos, would welcome another major league sport here. What do you spend public money on, if any? Trying to get the NBA? Do you want the MLS? Is the A's partnership involved or involving any public money, or is it some sort of partnership with the current property owners? It's all to be hashed out, but it was a little sloppy around the time of getting the funding done for Raider Stadium.